Welcome back, dear listeners, to my reading of Canterbury Tales. This is Chapter 13, Robbie and Rosie. Warwick's farm is home to two of the most adorable Kuni pigs, whose offspring can be found right across New Zealand, and Robbie is the most popular animal on the farm for many of our visitors. Kuni pigs are a New Zealand native pig. Unknown prior to the arrival of Europeans in New Zealand, they are believed to have developed from pigs of Asian origin introduced approximately 200 years ago by whalers or traders. Kept almost solely by Maori communities, they were largely unknown to Europeans until the late 1970s, when a joint excursion by Willowbank and Stagland's wildlife reserves led to a small number of purebred kunikunis being collected to form the basis of a captive breeding programme. The descendants of these original 18 kunikunis are now widely spread throughout New Zealand, and some have been exported to the USA, the UK and Europe. The Polynesian word kunikuni simply means plump, plump or fat, fat. And the fat content of the meat was used by pre-European Maori communities to pack around food items in order to preserve them before they were buried underground. Kunikuni pigs are generally large, fat animals that spend a lot of time just wallowing quietly in one place. However, miniature kunikunis, like Robbie and Rosie, are much smaller and, while still enjoying a good wallow, are happy to leap into action on command and entertain and amuse you and your guests. As mentioned in a previous chapter, we take great delight in watching the reactions of our guests when we call the snoozing pigs over to say hi. They both leap into action and come bouncing across to the fence line in the hope of some food or a good scratch. Robbie can, take a, can look a bit intimidating, especially to our younger visitors, with his wild boar-like tusks, but his big flat square face always appears to have a happy grin on it. One of our very early bookings was a lovely older couple from New England in the United States, and the outgoing Beverly fell immediately in love with Robbie. After a couple of days I inquired of a slightly introverted husband, George, how he was enjoying his stay, and he confessed that every day he was very hungry at lunchtime. I asked if he would like us to give him a larger breakfast, but he declined saying would do no good, as Beverly would still not let him eat any of his toast, as he always, as she always collected it to feed to Robbie. Another feature of the Cooney Cooney that fascinates visitors is how hairy they are. They are not surprised when I relate to them that early last century it was not unusual to find paintbrushes made from the bristles of Cooney Coonies. Robbie and Rosie, whose auntie is on the front of the $2 New Zealand postage stamp featuring the Year of the Pig, Happily graze on grass that provides most of what this intriguing breed requires for a healthy diet. This makes them much less prone to rooting up the ground, looking for nutrition, and making a muddy mess in the process. We supplement them with a daily bucket of soaked crushed barley mixed with cooked up vegetable scraps, and in the colder months, pig muesli or nuts that are specially formulated to maximise piggy health. Rosie is such a wonderful mother. However, we only breed her every two years as her fast-growing piglets take a lot out of her and she is devoted to them. I was so proud to watch her once when her piglets were very young, take a great deal of time and effort to organise herself, so that when she fell on her side to feed them, she wouldn't land on any of them. Ordinarily, a normal pig would fall over whenever it was time, and it was up to her young to make sure they were out of the way. Survival of the fittest, and smartest at work, I suppose. I timed Rosie, though, and it took her nearly two minutes for her to finally lose her centre of balance and fall to the ground after ensuring all her piglets were finally safely out of the way. Last season, she surprised us by giving birth to eight piglets. Arlene, Carlene, Darlene, Charlene, Marlene, Fred, Ted and Jed, instead of her usual six. 
We felt sorry for her in the weeks prior to birthing as she looked like she was dragging a set of backpipes under her bulging belly. She gets very hot as she approaches her due date, and we regularly shower her with buckets of water to cool her down, which she loves. Robbie, however, if the slightest drop of water hits him, goes off squeeding in torment. It is amazing how the number of number three occurs so often in the breeding of pigs. Every month, Rosie has a three-day window of opportunity to fall pregnant, and when she does, she is pregnant for three months, three weeks, and three days. Fortunately, she always has more than three piglets. I remember her very first pregnancy. It was a beautiful sunny morning in mid-spring, and as soon as I finished my morning rounds, I checked to see if there had been any developments overnight. I could hear soft grunting coming from Rosie's little wooden house as I approached, and looking inside found Rosie laying on her side looking absolutely exhausted, with six little creatures snuggled up against her belly in a heap. It really was an enchanting scene. The piglets would have been born in the early hours as they were all warm and dry. They were so tiny and oh so cute. There was a creamy coloured one, a ginger one, and two black and white spotted ones, and two ginger and black spotted ones, all fast asleep. Not able to help myself, I reached in and stroked the spotted one on top of the heap, her short bristles and wrinkly skin toasty to the touch. It squirmed slightly under my fingers and emitted a soft, squeaky grunt. This started a chain reaction as the one below him also squirmed and opened its eye, and within a second the whole heap came to life and eagerly attached themselves to the nearest of Rosie's, Rosie's nipples for breakfast. Rosie looked up at me with an expression that seemed to ask me, why did I have to do that? She looked totally spent. It had been a long night for her and I did feel a little guilty about waking up the little treasures. I stroked her face and back as she lay on her side, letting the little ones ravish her. After a while, I was starting to feel part of the family. A short while later, they finished their slurping and Rosie decided she needed to change her position for a more comfortable one and slowly and carefully repositioned herself, looking even more tired than before. Her little darlings went back to pushing and shoving against her, though this time not looking for food. I felt so sorry for her. All she wanted to do was sleep and recover a little from her her ordeal. I decided that having interrupted her sleeping earlier, I should now make amends. So I eased myself deeper into her house, and lying on my side, gently eased the piglets over to lay lay against me for a while to give Rosie a well-deserved breather. It was an experience I will never forget that still brings a huge smile to my face whenever I remember it. These six beautiful newborn, tiny, gorgeous piglets with their intoxicating new life sent to them, were all snuggled up against my shirt and all falling fast asleep. I looked across at Rosie, who was snoring loudly, and knew she was aware her newborns were in safe hands and so could rest peacefully for a while. The warm sunshine was beaming in on us, and the rich depth of colours nestled against me were illuminated in all their glory. I could feel the warmth and the rhythm of the breathing of the piglets, each as big as my hand, through my shirt. I do not think I've ever felt more content and at peace as I did just then, laying with my temporarily adopted porcine family. I was not aware that I too had drifted off to sleep with them until Elaine, who had been wondering what had happened to me, immensely saw my foot protruding through the entrance to Rosie's house and gave it a gentle nudge. Smiling down at me, she shook her head and with a sigh said, Chris, you know it's the mother that needs to bond with her young, not the farmer. She has, I replied. And so now have I. Each of Robbie and Rosie's piglets have found wonderful homes over the years, all around the country. We ask Top Dollar for them to ensure their new owners value them, and they leave us with a kit that includes their registration papers, vet check paperwork, wiener pellets, a piglet health food supplement, and an information pack on the breed and general health advice. 
Anyone taking a piglet also has an ongoing access to us for any advice as they may require in the future. We also give them a briefing of the basic do's and don'ts and things we have learnt over time. One important instance of this is the fact that as pigs do not have a gag reflex, if they are given a large round piece of apple or carrot or a whole slice of bread, they can very easily choke. Therefore it is important to give them bite-sized portions. We do not let our piglets go to just anyone, and in this way have ensured that the right people, with the appropriate accommodations, have them, and have made some great friends in the process. One very young couple, who took a piglet many years ago, became regular visitors to Warwick's farm. Their piglet, who they named Professor Spots, spent his nights nice and warm in the laundry room of their house, and had a huge basket in the back of their station wagon for travelling around him. They were concerned that he may be missing his parents, and they missing him, so for a while they brought him back to us to say hi. I cannot say whether either picky party was overjoyed at the reunion, but we were. It was wonderful to see one of our babies back for a visit and watch the various stages of his growth. Cooney Coonies are highly intelligent, up there with the most intelligent of dogs, and Professor Spots enjoyed, enjoyed showing off his new skills. He'd been trained to walk in a harness, could go fetch and beg for food. One day we received a call from the Rare Breeds Conservation Society of Canterbury, of which we are members, asking if we could take Robbie or Rosie to an upcoming pet expo where the society was running a stand. Unfortunately, neither of them is trained to walk and so are not travel friendly, so we contacted Professor Spot's owners and they were only too happy to oblige. Elaine and I decided to visit the expo and eventually we came, came across the rare breed section. One enclosure in particular was raising a lot of interest and on closer inspection, well, as close as we could get at the edge of the crowd, we noticed it was Professor Spot's who was entertaining the crowd. We were delighted and called out, well done, Professor Spots. And we were very surprised, as were his fans, at his reaction. He had recognised our voices and interrupted his act to go to the corner of the crowd where we were to say hi. We would not have believed that after nine months away from us he would still not only recognise us but also want to greet us. We felt quite humble and very proud as we waved him goodbye and left him to his bemused fans. The arrival of our Cooney Cooney piglets is a real highlight of the year, of the years we've had them. And while the joy of living and working with these little characters is wonderful, they can be quite mischievous at times as they get older. The very first time we heard in our pack a honk was due to the piglets. Our packers, as well as being gentle creatures, are also very quiet animals. And if you hear any sound from them, it is usually a g- the gentle, soft humming sound of contentment. So it was with some concern that I looked around trying to locate the source of this frantic honk, 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 honking. I traced the honks to Hot Socks, one of our older weathers, who was the guardian our packer of the herd, and always alert for any potential danger. He was alerting the rest of the herd to this never-seen-before procession of freshly escaped, highly mobile, very small, colourful, bristly creatures heading their way at speed. Elaine trains the piglets to beg for food with pieces of apple that she holds above their heads, and it is not long before they are polished beggars, rearing up on their hind legs in a cute pleading gesture, and also juicy apple lovers. Elaine last season came in from giving the piglets their very first taste of apple, and was just starting to tell me about how much they enjoyed it when we heard the thunka-thunka-thunka-thunka of three sets of tiny trotters bounding up the hallway and into the kitchen, looking for more pieces of apple. As the piglets get older, they begin to range further afield, but always appear to stay within sight of Rosie, albeit at times several hundred metres away. With a brisk shake of the wiener pellet bucket, though, they come racing back to Rosie's paddock, often from a number of directions. For the piglets, like me, the allure of a good feed is always great incentive to return to base. 
By the time they are ready to leave us, if they can still squeeze under the fences, they no longer wait for us to feed them, but come and actively seek us out. If they are not successful in their mission, they will then venture into the garage and attempt to pilfer any unsecured apples from the crates, along with anything else that could be potentially tasty, all the while grunting in anticipation. Life slowly returns to normal as we wave a fond farewell to the last piglet, and it probably takes a good few weeks to get used to these real characters not being here. We usually spend a bit of quality time with Robbie and Rosie, as we recall with a smile the numerous incidents we enjoyed, memories that will stay with us forever. That concludes the chapter on Robbie and Rosie. Bearing in mind the book was written over five years ago now, time has moved on. Rosie, unfortunately, is no longer with us. And Robbie, while not still going strong, is still with us in his uh, later years. Um, he's a, a great-great-grandfather by now. And um, he spends his time in the, in the sunshine grazing on the grass. It was quite, uh, quite cute several weeks ago. I went out one morning to, to check the new piglets. They would have been about two months at the time. And I couldn't find them. And I thought, oh, where are they gone? They weren't with their mother. So I eventually traced them to, uh, to Robbie's little pick house and they're all snuggled up with Grandad. So uh, he's a wonderful old fella. We now have uh, Betty and just more recently Tika, our new breeding sows. And uh, we, uh, they've taken over the, the joys of, uh, of Rosie very, very well. Until next time, thank you for listening.